This is In Focus, the weekly public affairs program from KTBB and the Team Sports Radio, featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of In Focus. My name is Lonnie Johnson. This week, I've got the pleasure of sitting with Daniel Anderson, and he's the CEO of the East Texas Area Council for the Boy Scouts of America. If you have any questions for Daniel that you want to uh, send in that maybe I can forward to him and answer, or you have any questions about the show, you can reach us at infocus at ktbb.com. Uh, Daniel, good morning. Hey, good morning. Great to be here. Thank you. I appreciate you coming. Um, I, I tr- typically try to do on an, an, an organic conversation and ours started exactly that way so uh, uh let, let's get you introduced first uh tell us who you are and 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 uh, what you do with the scouting okay well as of july 1st that actually just changed so that's that's relevant news i'm the new chief executive officer scout executive for the east texas area council so we serve 17 counties throughout east texas about six thousand kids total thousand volunteers plus the parents who help out that aren't necessarily formally registered so um, fortunate to have a great board behind me, um, but you know it's really a team effort. Great staff uh, for all the counties that we're in. Uh, personally, I've been in East Texas for ten years. Uh, I was in D.C. before that, also working for the Scouts, and I started my career with scouting in, in Dallas almost twenty years ago. So definitely, um, half, you know, half my life at this point has been working for the Scouts. Uh, my kids have grown up in it. I got two scouts of my own. Alexa is a 14-year-old starting at early college high school here in Texas, and Dean will be a fifth grader at Andy Woods. And both are involved in their programs, uh, scouting as well, and a number of other extracurriculars. So it's it's been a great opportunity. East Texas is home to them, even though both were born in Virginia. We moved here when the youngest was was ten months old, so this is this is home for my kids. It's a great place to raise a family, for sure. Yeah, you couldn't say it better than that. Um, and that was really a lot of the driving factor. I mean, I left Washington D.C. of all places, right? One of the one of the busiest, most tumultuous places on the planet you can be. Every four years, the entire town completely shifts. You know, whether it is you know n- nothing to do with even you know an election, right? Just even within the same party, if you have an incumbent, they just change everybody out. So that your neighbors are gone four years later. Very transient. Absolutely. Right. Whereas in East Texas, there is this sense of place. There is this sense of community. There is this sense of coming together. At least we hope that's you know what we're so. aiming for. <laughs> but which dovetails into uh, I, I'm, I'm not a scout, never have been, no, no a couple. Um, I got the scouts honor thing. What's what, what's the Scouts' mission and creed? Let's just start there. Okay, so if if we want to start with where the actual mission statement is, which I think is a great place for any conversation to start, right? Like, what's your point? What are you trying to do? What's your mission? Um, it's to prepare. So that's obviously a good start right there. Young people to make ethical and moral choices over the course of their lifetime by instilling in them the values of the scout oath and law. So let's unpack for a second because there's some words in there that are really important, right? So prepare Mm -hmm. young people Mm -hmm. to make ethical and moral choices Mm -hmm. over the course of their lifetime 
by instilling in them the values of the Scout Oath and Law. And then, you know, we can get into from there, what is the Scout what Oath and Law? Would I put you in the, uh, on, the, on the spot by asking you to recite the Scout's Oath? Sure. Uh, on my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country, to help other people at all times, to obey the Scout Law, uh, and to keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. Sounds harmless. Right. You know, but again, you know, I mean, but how many people sort of have an oath, right? When we talk about sort of what's meaningful to you and what are your guideposts and what do you live by? Can you imagine once a week getting together with your friends and taking an oath that you're going to be physically strong, mentally awake and morally straight that, that on your honor? I mean, look at the words that are attached to this on your honor. You're going to do strong. your best. And uh, let, let's start it right here. So with that scout oath, uh, yeah, I've, I've uh, you know, Jeff Rourke on staff is was big into scouts at a time, and I kind of had a pre-interview with him just so I would uh, ask you questions that weren't stupid. But uh, when, when you and I talked, it, it really became interesting to me and intriguing to me to find out in today's world, we have issues with honesty. We have issues with integrity. We have issues with faithfulness. We have issues of just being a good human being, honestly. Um, Has there been a more important time to apply that oath to our civilization here in America anyway than than right now? It it seems so relevant, and that's actually one of— I don't I want to say one of the struggles we face, but people think they know us before they've met us. And, and you know, that applies certainly uh, in society now where we'll generalize a group of it people. It applies to me. I make the joke, a Boy Scout joke all the time. You know, right. I, I'm no Boy Scout. Right. Sure, know. sure. And I am not. <laughs> uh, that's a separate right. conversation altogether. But, you know, in terms of uh, people think of us as being a piece of history, you know, we're, uh, we're your grandpa's organization. We're um, the cover of the Saturday evening post or a Rockwell painting. But the truth is we're more relevant than ever and we're needed more than ever right now because we are a uniting organization. And I know that's going to sound weird to people who follow along with what uh, some of the national media narrative is, but we we'll really get into are. that in a minute. But right. We, okay. but, but we really are a uniting organization. When we all, you know, regardless of what, what you wear to school, when you come to a scout meeting, you're wearing a uniform. And that immediately equalizes everybody, right? So it doesn't matter if you've got the most popular clothes or ratty third-hand clothes. When you come to Scouts, we're in the same uniform. And so that automatically... Shuts down socioeconomic separation. That's right. So we start there, right? And then we... um, the language you use is things like duty to God. So it doesn't necessarily say, are you Baptist? Are you Methodist? Are you Jewish? Are you Muslim? It doesn't matter. Do you have a duty to God? Do you have an abiding faith in something bigger than yourself? Which is a huge principle right there. So now we've, we've if we just took money and religion out of our the wedge that can divide us, that's a pretty huge start. But scouting both says th- those are important. We need to understand that we're going to be financially responsible as an organization, as a troop, and um, that we're teaching people to be thrifty. But but at the same time, let's not define ourselves by our income. Let's define ourselves by our outcome. Um, and then, you know, same thing with, with religion. It just matters that you believe. And we can get into the differences once we're sort of in a dialogue where we can be open. But you know, and remove the barriers and bring people together and then have them agree on something like common principles like the scout oath and the scout law. So I mean, just in a very simple way, imagine if in your workplace you could remove any of the barriers that we uh, 
put up to separate ourselves from other people and then immediately agree on a common oath or a common law or a common belief, you know, shared truths that we're going to have. Uh, that's that's powerful. I think so. And, and as, as, as we stated at the beginning of the, the top of the uh, 30 minutes, I'd, I think it's needed now more than ever. I'd, uh, obviously, we're on an odd track here in our country and have been for just a minute. Uh, it's gone on longer than uh, I really expected it would. I kind of thought it would already move uh, into a different area. But the, 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 maybe the ethos of the Boy Scouts are, are, are more important than ever and maybe bring us on the right track. And I, I know uh, recently my, my, I have a son in college. Um, <clears throat> we uh, didn't, did, He was into sports, not Boy Scouts. Sure. Um, which is, of course, you can do both. But it just, I, I didn't get, I, I thought about it. And in retrospect, I wouldn't have minded putting him in Scouts because right. as it turned out, uh, he's got a great work ethic uh, as far as, you know, schoolwork and stuff like that, but no physical labor, work ethic, uh, no ability in the outdoors. And uh, I'm a reformed red neck so I can do all that <laughs> stuff and I can't figure out how he you know I, I just didn't pass that on to him and uh, you know now in our society a lot of those skill sets are not taught right and so do the scouts still teach your basic survival skills absolutely yeah one of the things especially once you have and it starts early we start as early as kindergarten with our cub scout program so that's lions is sort of that first level so from kindergarten through fifth grade, you're in a Cub Scout pack, and that is establishing some of the very basics of sort of, you know, identify your first 10 plants, which is valuable. Start, Extremely valuable. Start, start to learn your, um, your cardinal directions, right? How do you find north when you don't necessarily have a GPS or a phone to tell you that? And so that's, that's sort of the Cub Scout entry level. And then the most formative time in our program is right after they have crossed over from the Cub Scout pack to a Scouts BSA troop. So that's sort of sixth grade, seventh grade time frame. And if you think about where do sort of things start to go, maybe right or wrong in a young person's life, it's sixth and seventh grade. Mm -hmm. We're now out of the, 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 you know, safety of elementary school. We're into the big, scary world of, of junior high, middle school. And so that's sort of the most critical time in the scouting program, too, because that's when they really start to take their first merit badge classes. We start to introduce them to things like potential vocational training. That's when the survival and outdoor skills, like we talked about, kind of start to go next level. You're going to be going on campouts once a month at this point. You're going to be responsible for planning your own menu. You know, one of my favorite hobbies is cooking, and that came from scouting. I learned how to cook in the scouts, and so now that is my recreation. That is that is a hobby of mine. You know, everything from you know smoking meats to can I make a sauce from scratch to what do my kids like to eat? You know, oh, you want something you just dreamed up? Let's try it. So. You know, those sort of lifelong habits and hobbies can come out of just things that you learn in sixth and seventh grade through scouting. And then after, obviously, they get through seventh grade is when we start to get a little more advanced. That's when kind of the high adventure and the fun stuff kicks in, right? Um, let's go rock climbing. Let's go whitewater rafting. Let's go backpacking for 90 miles through New Mexico. All of that is, is, is a deliverable through scouting. I think that it's so important, and it's just it, it's it's not uh, trained. We don't train our young people at all anymore, and, that, and they don't get any exposure. And and I, I'm not trying to be a doomsday guy, but the grid's going to go down sooner or later for some reason. Okay, it's going to either <laughs> sure. get attacked, it's going to uh, just be overwhelmed. The grid's going to go down at some point, and when it does, microwaves aren't going to work. Right, it's that simple. And so having knowledge. 
just to be able to feed your family with squirrels, who knows? Right. You know what I mean? But just being able to take care of it uh, is such a value. And we haven't even touched the integrity part of the scouting. Right. Just This you is know, just the practical side. It, there is, is there's a whole, absolutely. Uh, right. And as, as practical is, uh, as living off the grid can be right. in a certain situation, like I can do it. It's in me. It's not in my kid unless he came to me. To, to for help, um, and so I, I think that's very valuable. But um, in addition to that training, that that outdoor training, um, the, the the integrity that you demand from the scouts. Let's let's talk about that. Well, because that's universal, right? Regardless of whether you are in the skilled trades or you are in a white collar job or you are in the ministry. I mean, wherever you find yourself, you're going to be working with other people, and that continues to get more and more relevant. So having that sense of personal ethics, that sense of personal responsibility, right? The way it starts out on my honor, I will do my duty. And when you can just establish honor and duty as something that that people have within them, it enables you to hold yourself to a higher standard, to relate better to others, to then hold them to a higher standard. I mean, it really is a, a rising tide floats all ships. Sure. So, and those are skill sets you work on to improve. It, uh, you, they're not innately in you. You know, you're not. I don't care what they say. There, there is no such thing as a born leader. That's right. Right. Leadership training is a huge part of what scouting does, and and we introduce that from a from a really early age too. And I think that's part of what. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna mix my metaphors for a second here, right? I'm fortunate to be a United Way partner agency. So I work with a lot of other nonprofits in East Texas that are addressing some really difficult challenges that adults have, whether it is hunger, whether it is joblessness, whether it is addiction, whether it is whatever it may be. And so the way I explain in public what it is scouting does is we're the preventive medicine. We're trying to put some of those other agencies out of business. And I know that sounds bold and aggressive and competitive, but think about it. If we can teach young people at an early age about a you know, skill set that they want to do for the rest of their lives, and here is how to be financially responsible, and here is how to take care of yourself physically to avoid some of these potential challenges you'll get into, whether it is health-related, whether it is psychological, whether it is mental health, there's a reason your insurance company pays for your preventive visits at 100%. It's because it is so much easier to prevent a problem from happening than it is to have to go back and treat it after it's happened. Scouting is that preventive medicine. We are teaching young people how to avoid pitfalls that adults have already experienced. Uh, let's tell people how to contact the Boy Scouts without contacting Kendall Schiller. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the great I, I Kendall Schiller. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, email address, web URL? Okay, so the easiest place to start is if you're just looking for information, go to etexscouts.org. That's our website. That's going to have our upcoming events. That's going to have information about what's going on right now. If you know you want to join and find the closest Cub Scout Pack Boy Scout Troop Venturing Crew to you, go to beascout.org. Oh, it's very easy. It's just that simple, right? Very easy. Now, if I wanted to be a scout, where would I go? I know, beascout.org. Uh, beyond that, you can always call our office if you're local, 903-597-7201. And we're right there on 5th Street across from TJC. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, and you recently renovated your building. Beautiful new building. Yeah, it's a little over two years old. Can I get a tour? 
Absolutely. Okay. Come on in. Okay. Yeah, come oh, see sure. the scout shop and, um, you know, beautiful lobby with a eagle, bronze eagle in there. Oh, it's gorgeous. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so what's the world scouting movement's situation now? We got a lot of coverage the last couple of years as we went through um, a bankruptcy and a restructuring and settlement. And I like talking about it all in the past tense. <laughs> because we're now out of Fair it. Fair enough. Right. Well, you, you know, I mean, things. it was it was an important thing. So we had a, we had a challenge because there were some, you know, and I think we can look at this in any organization or any business or any element. There was we had we had some times where we didn't do the right thing. And a lot of that was 30, 40 years ago. And we did not uphold our honor and our duty to keep kids safe. Now, a lot of our policies and procedures for that started changing in the 80s and 90s and are more robust now than they ever have been. Scouting is safer at this moment than it has been ever before due to some of the trainings we have in place, the barriers to abuse, all of that. That does not negate the experience people had in the 60s and 70s and early 80s. And so this bankruptcy, this restructuring, this victim's settlement trust that we created has to do both, right? It has to honor what has happened and also recognize who we are as a movement now. Well, any organization, including the one I work for, including the one I would worship at, is not immune to uh, thieves and liars. Right. And you don't know they're thieves and liars because they're thieves and liars. <laughs> right. So they, right. Don't, they don't put that on the application. So I, I get that. And I think a lot of organizations suffer badly if, if you put the, the steps in place to prevent that, which is all you can really do when it becomes obvious. Well, you know? we don't mind being the leaders on this. You know, if we have to take the bad publicity first and we have to be the ones to talk about what we did wrong first, that's okay. Scouting's used to leading. So if there are these other organizations that are going to have to come to this reconciliation with who they were and who they are now, then that's okay. They can follow our lead on this. Believe victims. Do the right thing. Do everything you can now to make them whole, whether that is financially, whether that is with counseling, whether that is just by acknowledging their story. But also, let's not limit what kids can do now. You don't have to fold the whole organization because of some bad things that happened 40 years ago. We have too strong a mission. Kids right now need us too much to compromise what our day-to-day -day operation is in East Texas right now for the 6,000 kids we serve. Hopefully that's more like 7,000 by the time this year's out. So we have to, we have to reconcile the past without compromising the present. Educate me a little on this. So uh, as it pertains to homosexuality in the Scouts, where, where do they stand? Okay, so we don't believe that as an organization, um, a youth sexuality is any compromise to their involvement in Scouting. Now, I know that sounds really... Uh, also okay. about the Scout leaders, do you... So one of the things that's unique about scouting is that we have a chartered organization model. So we essentially are franchising, if you will, our units to community organizations, whether that is churches or civic organizations. And so the responsibility for approval or denial of leaders rests within that chartered organization. So if within your faith you do not see any problem with homosexual leadership, you can absolutely approve leaders who are consistent with your faith. Okay, so it's region to region. Right. Or, okay. Right. right. But if but if that is inconsistent with your teachings, you're 
do not have to approve a leader who is inconsistent with your teachings. It's people took this as somehow a uh, departure from our duty to God. And the truth is, this is the ultimate validation of religious freedom. If what you believe for your family and for your faith is consistent with these values, then you approve leaders who are consistent with these values. That's it. End of story. That's where it goes. Absolutely. It, it's more uh, integrity goes a lot deeper, I think, than any other uh, choice we make. Uh, you, you, you can have integrity no matter what you choose to do. Right. Um, okay. Uh, that was a that was my toughest question. Okay. Of of, the, of, the, of this. Show. Well, we we addressed a lot. Hey, listen, I, and I'll be honest. We actually let's. I'm, I'm going to self-impose a tough question here. We actually took more heat on our inclusion of girls in the program starting in 2018 and 2019 than we did about any changes because East Texas understood religious freedom, right? <laughs> Where it was difficult was, well, but what about the Girl Scouts? I thought the Girl Scouts handled it. It takes people to no end. I don't understand it. Well, I, I had an argument before I uh, had you in here today. I spent about an hour arguing with, our, uh, with Jeff. We'll just call him Jeff. Right. And uh, so... Okay, let, let's. I want to make sure we don't run too far on time because I want this is this is really interesting to me. Maybe the most interesting. So, what percentage of Boy Scouts are Eagle Scouts in East Texas, or over? We're a little better here than the national average. I would believe that. Okay, okay. So overall, between two and three percent nationally, we tend to run a little bit close to four percent here in East Texas. Okay, um, that usually denotes uh, success in later life. To be honest with you, every Eagle Scout. It's just like I never met a Mormon I haven't liked. I've never met an Eagle Scout <laughs> that's an idiot. Right. Okay. Just never have. Um, so, Same. Uh, what's that? Same. Yeah. On both counts. Okay. So um, the, uh, the Girl Scouts come along. And so I, I think the Girl Scouts have quite a value also. Um, and it, maybe we could dive into uh, why they want to be a part of the Boy Scouts. And at the same time, why they shouldn't be able to do some of the same activities uh, that the Boy Scouts are. Uh, right. That, let, let's go there. Okay, so so the easiest way I have found to put this is, um, and any parent is going to instantly be able to relate to this, but I think it applies in a rhetorical context as well. Go to your six-year-old daughter and ask her if she wants to do dance or gymnastics. Well, there's a lot of similarities between dance and gymnastics in terms of what you need to do in terms of your body and mental control. But dance and gymnastics are not the same. They are different programs. So when you go to that sixth grader and say, do you want to join the Cub Scout pack or do you want to join a brownie group? They're going to be different. There's absolutely some overlap between what the Girl Scouts are doing, and they are a great organization, but it is not the same as what the Cub Scouts and Scouts BSA and the Boy Scouts are doing. And so here's what it comes back to. We realized that we had an obligation as an organization to serve families. And we would talk before about how our customer is boys or our customer is parents. And we realized our customer was families because when they brought their son to scouting, were they just going to leave their little girl at home? Or did I then have to deny a mom or a dad coming to a Cub Scout event because one of them has to stay with little sister and the other one's bringing big brother? No, we can serve a family and we can strengthen families by inviting everybody to the table. Let's let the little girl be a part of it. She may be in a separate den. But she'll still be at the same meeting. She may have a separate den leader, but she's not doing different requirements. You know, the requirements for a girl to earn Eagle 
are no different from the requirements for a boy to earn eagle. Well, you just proved Jeff wrong. Okay, so girls do are able to become eagle scouts. Oh, Absolutely. That's what it, okay. Yes. That's what he's not. Okay. Wait. I got. I got now it's sinking in. I'm, I'm. I'm easily confused. So there are people that don't like the fact that girls can now become eagle scouts. Right. Right. Um, I'm not going to ask you where you set on that. Because I think it's if you're if you're willing to have input, that's fine. But I'm not going to force you on that. Let me put it like this: My 14 uh, year old daughter just sat for her life board of review, so that's the last rank you earn before you become an eagle. So I'll let my uh, okay, well, I've, personal so experience that's, there that's speak fantastic, for that. Daniel, and that, th- those are my thoughts, and I, I certainly try to. The older I get, I try to understand the other side more and more, and I think it's more imperative that we reach out and do that in these times more than any. Right. But you know, if uh, if I had a daughter. Uh, and she wanted to be an Eagle Scout. Uh, I would, I would have a hard time telling her that she could not be an Eagle Scout. So what, what are the, what are the lines there that irritate people so much about that? What is the possession of of the Eagle to the boys versus the girls? So no. I, that- the, the best way I've heard it put, and I can understand this line of thinking, was there are few boy-only spaces left, right? We liked that the Boy Scouts was a place for just boys. It was a... Not to say boys will be boys. I think that's valuable, right? honestly. But having a space where where boyhood and, and manhood and sort of that right. sense of masculinity can exist, well, that's a good point. And, and I, I appreciate the people who are looking out for our boys that way. But here's the thing. Troops are still either all boy or all girl. And the only time a boy troop encounters a girl troop is either at the summer camps or the camperies or some of the big events that we do. So that safe space for boys still exists as does a safe space for girls at the same time. My daughter's troop is all girls. There's there's no boys at those meetings on Monday nights. There's no boys on their campouts. It is girls doing the Boy Scout program in the same way that when my son crosses over and joins a troop, it's only going to be boys in his troop. And so we can allow both of those to coexist. It does not cheapen the Eagle Scout because it's not changing the requirements. It's just giving more kids an opportunity to be successful. And anyone who says, well, I just don't believe we should allow more kids to be successful has already lost their audience. Well, it's, it's interesting to me that who wouldn't who wouldn't want uh, their, their daughters to be able to achieve the ultimate spot that only two or three percent get because it's so pres- uh, prestigious. Uh, it uh, Again, I, I can see both sides. And I think as long as, as we're raising our children in that trajectory of right and wrong, which, uh, again, mine was able to get that through sports. Uh, 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 football taught him work ethic and Had to be a good else. teammate. You could imagine. Teammates, all that stuff that, you know, is important, that, that I think is is what's more important about scouts. You know, usually what you, what you do to get your Eagle Scout badge or whatever, the, the you have to do a community, like, project, don't you? Absolutely. Well, and, and the so there's a couple parts that go into the Eagle Project. Arguably, the most important is how do you coordinate your peers to accomplish something from from start to finish, right? From the formation of a plan, what's your idea for what you want to do, to then finding a beneficiary agency that that idea you had is going to help, to then what materials do I need? How do I pay for those materials? I mean, from scratch, you have a teenager who has to carry out a full-scale plan by coordinating their peers in accomplishing that. I mean, By definition, be a leader. That's right. But, you know, that's hard for adults to do, to start with an idea 
figure out the list of things I need. How am I going to pay for this? Who's going to help me with it? When can we do it? How do we execute it? What step do we do first? I mean, what a, I cannot think of a more valuable skill than planning executing and leading simultaneously. I couldn't agree more. Let's give the contact information one more time. Sure. Uh, visit us at etexscouts.org, or if you're looking to join, go to beascout.org, or you can call us in the office at 903-597-7201. Any fun things planned for the end of the summer? Well, they're still at Jamboree right now. Um, they're back. I remember when Kendall went to that in D.C. Did he? Yep. You yep. They started. Uh, I helped him plan that. Oh, I was okay. not traveling with him, but I was. Okay. I was helping him plan that. What a huge trip that is! Yes. And these kids have had a, a, a literal mountaintop experience. So our uh, Jamboree group is on their way back uh, right now, and. And this is, for people who don't know, this is an event with literally thousands of scouts. T- tens of thousands tens of scouts. Tens of thousands of scouts. And they, they, they camp together, right? That's for, right. For and a so of days? It's a 10-day okay. uh, overall um, experience, although a lot of the groups that go will do something on the front end. Like uh, in 2017, they started in New York and then went through Philadelphia, went past Fort McHenry in Baltimore and into D.C. in a couple days at the Smithsonian and then traveled by bus out to West Virginia where the National James happens. I mean, it was a two-week-plus experience for them. But this is, you know, the largest single event our organization does nationally is this National Jamboree. On a local level, we are getting ready to uh, kick off our fall recruitment. So that's kind of our big step. But we've got some great fall activities planned as well. All right. For everyone listening, please review uh, the show for the contact information uh, to get a hold of uh, uh, Boy Scouts uh, in the East Texas Area Council. Uh, Again, I've been talking to Daniel Anderson. Uh, Daniel, I I just want to thank you for the opportunity to kind of uh, breathe life into the subject now in in a very positive format. And I wish you guys the absolute best going forward. Lonnie, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. And it's it's nice to talk about this in in the big picture context. So thank you. All right. Best of luck to you in the future, and go Scouts. In Focus is a weekly public affairs program featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. In Focus is produced by KTBB and the Team Sports Radio. And we thank you for listening. Join us again next week.